I'm excited to get to today's guest, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, CTC Math. Our family uses and loves CTC Math. So if you're looking for a great online math curriculum, visit ctcmath.com to sign up for your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are playing some of our best of episodes because we are traveling right now and out on the road getting to meet many of you. It's so very exciting. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode. I'm sure it will bring you great encouragement. And also, if you are interested in supporting the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you'll see the Donate Here button. That's really a huge blessing to us to help support the travel and the ministry as we take Schoolhouse Rocked on the road. Now enjoy this best of episode of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you've joined me again for part two of my conversation with Kirk Cameron, recorded live during the 2020 Homegrown Generation Family Expo. If you missed part one, you'll want to go back and listen. You are sure to be encouraged. Now on to part two. I love that you talk about praying for one another because even, you know, if our husbands work outside of the home, even when they're gone, we can be praying for them. And there's something pretty amazing about when you're praying for someone, it's it's kind of hard to uh, be at odds with them. And yeah. so, you know, it, there's the, the relationship is built sometimes even when you're not together, you know, like you're yeah. saying, you're, you're apart, but you can still be together um, and united through prayer. And I think that's so, so important. Uh, I do, and and you know, where where uh, my heart goes out to moms and dads, husbands and wives who who really have a challenge in this area, where a job is taking someone away for six months at a time. You know, sometimes someone's out on, uh, on an oil rig for months and months or a year, or deployed to a foreign country, and they're put in harm's way, and they're gone for six months, nine months, a year, and. Uh, it makes what we're dealing with look like, you know, easy street. Yeah. So the truth is God though can take those times and really use it to produce and develop graces in us, the fruit of the spirit in us, um, patience, faith, self-control, all those kinds of things that we pray for. And so uh, I'm glad that in all of the challenges of marriage and parenting, we have a sovereign God. Yeah. who works all things together for good for those who love him, uh, even the really hard things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about Fireproof earlier and that story. If you guys haven't seen Fireproof, you need to see it. It's such a good movie. Um, Monumental is actually my favorite movie of yours. Um, but Fireproof is such a good movie in regards to marriage. And and in that movie, you talked about how you and, and your you know actress wife, you were at odds with one another. She had served you with divorce papers. Yeah. And, and then you really worked to bring back the relationship, to bring back the love. And, and she pushed you away for a really, really long time. And one of the reasons for that was because she really had a hard time forgiving you for some of the things that you had done. Um, and so I would love to talk about forgiveness because that is something that's so big. And I think sometimes we forget about the necessity of forgiving our spouse or seeking forgiveness ourselves. We just want to remain bitter because... You, you and I both know, Kirk, we've been married a long time. There's no perfect marriage. There is hurt always because we're sinful people. And so 
I forever till the day, you know, the Lord takes Garrett or I, I'm always going to hurt him. Not intentionally, because I love him to death, but I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to say things, I'm going to do things, I'm going to make faces, whatever, (laughs) that are going to be hurtful. And he's going to do the same to me because we're sinful people. And so sometimes we want to just lash out and say, well, you know, you're not doing this right. You're not being the husband I want you to be. You're not being the wife I want you to be. And and we're forgetting about the whole idea of forgiveness. And of course, you know, God's forgiveness to us and then forgiving one another. So can we talk about forgiveness a little bit, kind of kind of define forgiveness and then how that can work in to healing a, a marriage that might be hurting? Sure. Uh, well, I wish my well, I wish my wife Chelsea was here because she's uh, she's had far more practice forgiving <laughs> than I have. Uh, I, I've, I've taken it upon myself to uh, give her ample opportunity to really perfect the art of forgiveness. <laughs> um, I think there's no better definition of well. First of all, I would say that one of the number one lessons that that any couple I think has to learn if you want your relationship to be uh, strong over the long haul. If you if you want it, your marriage to get better and better over time, uh, not bitter over time, you have to learn how to forgive. Because like you said, when two sinners come together and say, I do, uh, you're going to injure one another. Um, and for a variety of reasons. Uh, so forgiveness is key. And the, the problem is we, we tend to hold on to this record of wrongs. You know, I remember when you did that last time, and you always do that, or you never, and, and it's always this remembrance of past injuries that we bring up and uh, we almost uh, use it to to sort of win a a fight that's about to start and god says love doesn't keep a record of wrongs and the great definition of that is is of course the way that god forgave us in christ so god doesn't go through my list of sins and say well uh you know i'll forgive you for that one and that one and that one but not that one you know, that that one's just too big uh that was that was that was a high-handed crime and uh my grace is not going to even touch that one no, he he wipes it all clean and and it's sort of a, a miraculous undeserved beautiful gift and then he turns to us and say, says and and just as god forgave you now you put away all rage and anger and malice and slander and be kind and compassionate toward one another and forgive one another the way I forgave you. And of course, that sounds so great. I was like, Garrett, <laughs> of Garrett course. just do that. Come on, Garrett, you know, or Kirk, just do that. But it's so hard to do when you've been uh, injured mm-hmm. and you know that they may do it again. And you are being called to con- continually invest in something that could hurt you over and over again. Um, but that's that's the same kind of love that God shows to us. And and uh, Chelsea loves to talk about how forgiveness uh, to her is, is both uh, a crisis moment and a process. That there's this crisis moment of coming to God, the one who forgave me of my sin, and saying, God, I'm feeling hurt and wounded because this person did this to me. And, and, and rather than just pretending like it didn't happen and trying to forget about it, actually identifying the injury and saying, Lord, this person betrayed me and, and, and I'm feeling so wounded by this. I'm having a difficult time trusting them. I don't want it to happen again, but I don't want it to, I don't want to sort of have malice and bitterness toward this person. So I'm going to, I'm laying this issue at your, at the foot of the cross 
And I'm asking you to help me show kindness to this person and not hold this over their head. Uh, you forgave me. Help me to forgive this person. Give me the strength to do that. And then begin to show kindness to a person who doesn't deserve it. And when we fail at that process of showing kindness and compassion to the person that's harmed us, we, rather than going back to unforgiveness and bitterness, we go back to the cross and say, Lord, I blew it. I, I, I've, I've, I've turned this whole thing back around now to, to me being a, a, you know, bitter and angry again. Please forgive me and help me again to show the kind of grace to this person that you have shown me. And eventually, through that process, God will help you to break free from that prison of bitterness and actually be able to fully and, 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 and completely forgive that person and show them kindness and grace. Now, having said that, I'm not talking about uh, violent, abusive situations sure. and, and divorce and other sorts of uh, biblical situations where uh, you should be separated, you should be in counseling, you need to get professional help. And, uh, and there are times where um, you need to get out of that situation. And so, so just wisdom and discernment is necessary. Sure. sure. And yes, but, I'm, I mean, there are often times where you, it is necessary to find a good uh, biblical leader, um, you know, yeah. counselor, somebody to help you work through those yeah. situations. And, and most of the time, um, they, I would imagine that they probably would help you work through the issue of forgiveness first. Um, I mean, that's kind of where it all stems from. Um, and just because you forgive doesn't mean that that other person is always going to change. They may, they may no, not. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about forgiveness, right? Is that it's it's really not about even even always saying to that person, "I forgive you." I mean, it's great if they repent and say, "I'm sorry, uh, you know, I was wrong." But you know, it's really more than more than because because sometimes you can, you know, that person can be like, "What do you mean you forgive me? I didn't do anything wrong." Some people are completely unrepentant. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to stay in the prison of bitterness due to their unrepentance. You, this is between you and God primarily. Right. It's God, release me from the bitterness that I feel and heal me from the hurt that I feel so that I can move on showing love and kindness even to my enemies and the people that hurt me. And you're no longer shackled and chained to this past event that uh, just has a dark cloud hanging over your head. Yeah. That's where the freedom comes when, when you have that moment with God and he sets you free. Yeah. And what a great example that is to our kids for them to be able to see, you know, forgiveness in our in our relationships with one another um, as, yeah. as husband and wife. Um, that's an important thing. You know, I, I, I love again, we talked about Chelsea flying all the way from California to Georgia to kiss you. Um, and the yeah, reason I really thought about it quite like that, but that's, uh, <laughs> that makes feel pretty good. You're welcome. <laughs> That that's commitment right there. Um, but you know, I, what I love about that is that you so deeply cherish your relationship with your wife. We have seen marriages that, you know, they, they're, they're, they stay married, but basically they live as roommates, you know, husband, wife, husband does his thing. He has his man cave wife does her thing. She goes out with her girlfriends. She tends to the kids. She tends to the house and they, it's almost like they live two completely separate lives. And it's kind of almost like, like a business partnership more than a marriage. And I, I, I see that you and Chelsea truly have a commitment to one another where you cherish one another as husband and as wife. And so can can we talk a little bit about just the idea of just cherishing one another in the marriage relationship? 
Sure. Um, I, I think that that's so important to cherish one another. And in fact, it's, it's part of the marriage vow that millions of us take all over the, all over the world. We're saying we will, we will love and cherish one another till death do us part. And um, uh, the love part is something that we hear about all the time in sermons and, and songs. And, uh, you know, to love is to overlook someone's faults, to put them first, to be patient, to be kind. Um, but the cherishing part is something that uh, I don't hear a lot of sermons on. And uh, if you look in the scriptures, you find this book that is um, embarrassingly wonderful uh, <laughs> that you don't hear many sermons on, and that is the Song of Solomon. Uh, I've always I've always laughed and, and said that's the book of the couple that cherishes each other so much. We sort of wish that maybe uh, it wasn't in our children's precious moments Bible, right? <laughs> uh, we don't want them to discover that too too early. Uh, but in that in that relationship, you see a a couple who is cherishing each other and. Uh, I, I like to say that there are three characteristics that really leap off the page when you read their love story. And number one, they're, they're, they're cherishing love is exclusive. I mean, they're not sharing it with anybody else. Mm -hmm. We live in a culture where we have these open relationships and sort of, you know, the, the sexual revolution of, of free love everywhere. And, and now we're redefining so many things mm -hmm. with regard to romantic love that uh, I think it's it, it's a shame because you read that story between that shepherd and that maiden, and you say, "Wow, that's the kind of relationship I would love to have with my spouse." It is so exclusive, it is sacred, it's holy. I mean, uh, they speak about one another in such exclusive terms. You'd think there was nobody else living on the planet when they were saying these things to each other. Sort of like Adam and Eve, you know when. Uh, when, when Adam saw Eve, he must have been just in shaw, uh, shock, awe, and wonder. I mean, all he had seen prior to that was a bunch of uh, sheep and goats and animals, and all of a sudden, here's Eve. And uh, the thing that made it so, so beautiful, uh, I think, is that she was the only woman on the planet for him, literally. And he couldn't have been more happier. He wasn't comparing, and uh, either was she. And I think that we need to get back to a view of a cherishing love in marriage that is exclusive. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where the magic is. That's where the, the beauty is. Um, you also see that their, that their cherishing of one another uh, is expressed in the words that they use for each other. Uh, you know, they're, they're constantly speaking of one another's qualities, those inner qualities that don't fade with time, but that get richer and deeper. You know, they're, uh, you know, what kind of a, a person they are, their character qualities, their faith. Uh, and, and then they also, you know, compliment one another with, with funny words. You, you see them talking about, uh, you know, your hair is like a flock of goats <laughs> descending from the hills of Gilead, you know, and, and your teeth are like uh, sheep just washed in the river. And, uh, you know, and um, you just almost laugh when you read their story and, and, and how they take every opportunity that they can to cherish each other and and their relationships very romantic. And so uh, cherishing one another is something that Chelsea and I have been uh, fascinated to learn more about. And it's been so much fun to practice uh, these biblical principles of cherishing each other. And I think that it, uh, it, it keeps a marriage uh, alive yeah. and exciting. Yeah, I think so too. 
Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. It's something you have to be intentional about as a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. because it's easy to kind of get into that rut of, you know, well, they're just there, you know, we're, we do life together and yes, you do, but, um, you have to be very intentional about that. Um, and in talking about that, I, I want to answer a couple of, of these questions that are popping up. Great. Um, yeah, I see one from Sherry and she says, and so this one's going to make you have to think back several years, because I know you talked okay. about putting a sign on the door. It says, unless you're bleeding, don't come in. But yeah. she, sounds like she's got four little ones. So she says, how do you specifically spend quality time together after a long day of work and you are exhausted, but your wife needs that time with you and you have four little ones? Yeah, well, I would say um, bedtime, bedtime, bedtime. <laughs> I don't know how old your kids are, but uh, what, a couple of things that we did was, um, you know, my, my job doesn't have me at an office all day, so my schedule is kind of wonky all over the place. But I know one of the things that my wife always tried to do as much as possible, and it wasn't always possible, but we had uh, we had read a book called How to Solve Your Child's Sleep Problem, uh, because really, if if, if you know, it's really how to solve a parent's sleep problem. If kids aren't sleeping, we're not sleeping. And then the whole day is impossible. So we made sure our kids were sleeping as, as much as possible during the night. And then during the day, we had a time where everybody took a nap simultaneously. It was like mom and dad are taking a nap uh, or mom's taking a nap. I wasn't always there. Um, and the kids are taking a nap. And even if they weren't sleeping, it was feet up off the ground, horizontal, you know, reading a book or, or whatever. And sometimes that would be the time that we could spend together. Now, I understand if your husband's at work, that's not possible, but we would have bedtime. And, mm-hmm. and if it was eight o'clock, it was eight o'clock. And it was like nothing got in the way of that because I knew we would be zonked out by nine o'clock. And so we, we needed that, that last hour at the end of the day. And I think it's just about prioritizing it. I knew that it was important to my wife. And frankly, quality time, that, that's my that's my love language is quality time. And so I looked forward to it at the end of the day, spending time with my wife. Um, but you're right. If, if, if one of you is saying I'm exhausted and I want to watch TV for, for two hours and the other of you is exhausted from being with the kids all day and no adult conversations, and you're going to be asleep in a half an hour after the kids go to bed, that's going to put a great strain and stress on your marriage. So I would just, plan time that you can look forward to so that if tonight and tomorrow night we don't get to have that time we know that on sunday grandma and grandpa are coming over to watch the kids for half the day or a couple hours or on saturday 
one of the older kids it maybe can watch the younger kids and they've got you know a way to contact you so that you guys can just sometimes it was just a walk down the street sometimes it was just uh you know finding a, a quiet corner in the backyard setting up some lounge chairs and just hanging out having a cup of coffee yeah. sometimes we would just take what we could get when they were little and remember is this they get they grow up like that yeah pretty soon they're going to be gone. They're going to be out the door. And you're going to, like me, I'm wishing I had those little, little years again. Uh, I know it was exhausting, but this too will pass. And so I, I would say find as much joy as you can in the crazy, in the chaos, in the nuttiness, and then plan time with your husband where you guys can spend time together. And uh, hopefully he's as uh, committed to, to making that a priority as you are. Yeah. And if he's not, pray about it. <laughs> That's right. God answers. Yeah. And I like that you said, because I was thinking about that too, that it's it's a season and it might feel like it's going on forever, but it's not going to go on forever. It is a season. And, you know, before you know it, they're going to be grown up, at least old enough, um, you know, to not be at your ankles. So, uh, right. and, and as you, as they get older, they can begin to, uh, you know, they can be your little ambassadors. So the older ones can begin to watch the younger ones and, and help with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's another question. It says, I have a hard time talking to my 12-year-old daughter about marriage only being between a man and a woman. Our neighbors are, uh, it says our neighbors are guy, but I think she means our neighbors are gay and I just don't know how to talk, how to answer her questions. Um, so I know this is, this is an issue that is just prevalent. It's not anything I ever imagined that I would be talking to my kids about it at their ages, you know, um, but it's it's all around us. So, and maybe you can talk about how you've done that with your kids. Um, how have you and Chelsea come around them and just brought them back to, to God's word and what this is, this is what God says about marriage. How, how old are her kids? Uh, she has a daughter who's 12. Right. Well, this do you, I assume that um, you're homeschooling your kids, right? I, I, I would my, assume, or at least considering homeschooling. Yeah, considering it. So, uh, what a blessing homeschooling is for you, and this is a perfect example. Can you imagine? Uh, you know the way the way a child's view on marriage or any other subject is formed is day after day, you know, week after week year after year, they're being taught how to think, how to see the world around them, how to interpret what is good and what is evil. Um, and if your kids are with you in your home, you have the opportunity to disciple them, the opportunity to build a worldview, the way they view the world around them, the way they view their neighbors, the way that they view marriage, the way that they view family, uh, politics, uh, faith, everything else. So first of all, well done with homeschooling your kids or considering homeschooling your kids. Uh, I, I think you should. It's uh, a great idea. And um, as far as it being difficult to talk to your kids about God's design for anything, um, this is, we, we've made our bed in our culture and now we're, and now we're lying in it. We have the opportunity as believers to teach our children God's ways, which are always the best ways. They always lead to blessing. They always lead to protection. Um, and 
I would just start at the beginning. If you're talking about marriage or if you're talking about family or talking about any subject, civil government, whatever, just go to the scriptures and say, so this is how God made the world and, and how he makes it to work best. Um, and I would just walk them through the story in Genesis of, uh, of, of Adam and Eve and, and how that works and what Jesus taught on the subject, uh, whatever that subject is, marriage or family or whatever, um, and say, God gives us these ways because they lead to the most blessing and the most protection. And when we break God's laws, um, actually, we don't break God's laws. Uh, God's laws break us. When we choose to sin, we choose to suffer. When God says, don't do something, he's saying, don't hurt yourself. The path of obedience is the path to blessing. And you're, you, you have an advantage over the culture, and that is you have time with your kids, especially if you're homeschooling them. You have time with them to teach them. You're there in the trenches the day in and day out. If you're present as a mom, present as a dad, you're there when, you know, when their feelings are hurt, when they're scared, you're there to share in their hopes and dreams and to pray with them and to teach them and to answer questions as they come up. Uh, you're there to, to, to model truth and love and compassion and justice and how to stand against evil uh, in, in, a, in a godly way. And that is so attractive when it is done you know, earnestly with your whole heart. And when you're doing that in partnership with God, that I think it's no, um, no contest between a parent who loves God discipling their children together with other families who are helping uh, disciple one another's families. Uh, there's, they're no match. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the devil and a godless culture is no match for uh, fully committed parents in partnership with God, teaching them a biblical worldview. So I would say, hang in there, uh, do your very best, uh, get a hold of some of the resources that uh, you can find through this seminar and conferences and networks, and teach your children the truth and love and trust God with the results. Yeah, great answer. I mean, there's no better place to start than in God's Word. You know, just open it up and say, what does God have to say about it? Because God has a lot to say about that. I hope you've been encouraged today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for the conclusion of my conversation with Kirk. Until then, have a fantastic day. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.